Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. If you haven't already heard, Ian has his brand new workbook out for the story of you. It's the story of you workbook. It's a guide and a deep dive into transformation, moving from your old story to your new story. Some really great practices in there. Obviously, lots of great content, some profound questions. You'll want to get that. It is available now everywhere fine books are sold. The Story of You workbook. This is week three of a four-week series that we're doing on Ian's rubric, SOAR, S-O-A-R, that is See, Own, Awaken, and Rewrite. It's all a part of this process of moving from our old story to our new story. We've been dedicating a podcast per step, and today is the Awaken Step. Glad you're with us. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And now, here is the host of our show, Ian Crum. Mr. Skinner. Ian Cron, how are you doing? I am muy bien. You're looking good today. Did you uh, get that wig busted recently? I did. Do you like it? I like it. I it know. looks good. Thank you very yeah, much. Okay, so I'm super excited because we are in part three of our four-part series of SOAR, which is an acronym you have uh, worked through in your book, or an acronym that you wrote in your book, which is See, Own, Awaken, and Rewrite. Two weeks ago, we covered C, which is S-E-E, um, and Own, and today we're working through the Awaken step, um, and I, I've, I've started our um, podcast throughout this series with a quote from you, and you say, the genius of the Enneagram is not only that it reveals what needs to change, but also how to change. And that's what this soar is all about. It's the steps from moving from passion to virtue. So why don't you tease it out a little bit? You know, some people may have heard uh, the first two podcasts. They may not have. So, you know, give us a 50,000-foot view, a little teaser of where we're going today. Sure. Well, again, um, the story of you is really all about how do I rewrite the broken narrative of my life that I picked up as a little person. Mm-hmm that continues to limit me and sabotage my life in adulthood. And, of course, the premise of the book is that each of the Enneagram types is not just a personality style, but it's a story that type mm-hmm. tells itself and others about who they are, yep. how they think the world works. Now, that story helped them as little people to make sense of their experience, right? But um, when they drag it unconsciously into adulthood, that broken narrative, it really begins to wreak havoc on their lives. Mm -hmm. So what I've attempted to do in this book is uh, sort of help people see the story. Mm -hmm. This is the journey toward rewriting it. Right. I want them to see the story. I want them to enumerate it. I want them to explore it. I want them to exhume it. I want them to really dig deep and figure out where did this broken story come from Mm -hmm. and so that eventually I can break free of the constraints, the limitations of that story, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And what's so interesting, as I mentioned on the C podcast, you know, when you write out the story, you're going to be amazed at how it's just the story of your personality style. <laughs> we actually, in a previous podcast, you read from your book, uh, Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. 
and you were unaware of, well, you were aware of the Enneagram. I was aware of it, but I had not studied studied it in depth yet. And it was classic four stuff. You were writing down, you know, you wrote down this whole experience you had, but it was just a classic four experience. So yeah, continue. So then, you know, we we see the story, then we have to own the story. Because the fact of the matter is, is that there has been a cost involved for us and for others Mm -hmm. um, because we have continued to live in a broken story as adults. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of enumerated a few examples of it, uh, Mm -hmm. certainly from my own life, you know, being, you know, so, you know, a five may say, my being trapped in this story uh is that I've been un- emotionally unavailable to my, my family. Mm-hmm. Or a six might say, uh, my fear, this anxiety that I have, that I picked up as a little person, brought into adulthood, my addiction to certainty and safety and security um, has affected my parenting in such a way that my kids are now anxious. Right. You, you know, I could go right. on and on and on. Yeah, Eights sure. might say, well, I'm, you know, I've lived in a relationship with other people that's been intimidating and off-putting and, you know, it's cost me in my marriage or in my business, right? However we want, just to own the story. Yeah, so as I said previously, in each podcast, we're dedicating a podcast per step, right? So we have C, we have own, and today we're talking about the step awaken. I love uh, this because it's sort of like... We're starting to reap now the fruit of the work we've done and see and own, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what it means to awaken. Well, first of all, let me just talk about this from a um, maybe from a Christian context. Okay. Okay. I oftentimes say to people two things. Mm-hmm. One is that Christianity is an enlightenment religion. Now, people freak out when I say that. I love it when you say that. Okay. <laughs> Because they think I'm, you know, saying it's right. I'm I'm, a, I'm equating it to Buddhism or yeah. I'm to Hinduism or whatever else right. to Eastern religions, and I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. If Jesus is the light of the world mm-hmm. and we want to be filled with Jesus, doesn't that by, you know, uh, doesn't that equation lead us to the assumption that we want to become enlightened? Yes. Right. We want to become filled with light. That's right. Right. Now, I also say that it's a it's an awakening religion. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about awakening, which, again, is has a very Eastern sort of feel to it. But I always tell people Christianity is all about waking up. Right. You know, uh, Ronald Rollheiser, the great Christian uh, Catholic Christian teacher who I love. If you've never heard of him, Rollheiser, R-O-L-H-E-I-S-E-R. Wonderful, wonderful books. Um, he has one called the shattered the shattered lantern, mm-hmm. which I which I really love, and in it he says, if you were to take all the teachings of the Christian mystics and summarize them in one simple phrase, it would be this: wake up. Wow, that's it. Wake up. I love that. So awakening is a part of the Christian journey as much as it is part of the Buddhist journey and the Hindu version. You know, it, what, yeah. as as as. As we would say, you mentioned Eastern religions. I mean, I believe Christianity did come from the East. Yeah, the Near East, actually. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's a Near Eastern religion. Right. So anyway, what does awakening mean? Well, it's I think awakening to these patterns in our lives that continue. They tend to run on autopilot. Like like our mm. our stories have a trance like quality to yeah. them. Don't you know the feeling of being in a trance? One hundred percent. You know, you're just kind of going along. You're just reacting to life. There's no awareness. There's no. There's no wakefulness to the quality of your life. This is why we miss exits on the highway. One hundred percent. You know, it makes me think of. Uh, you know, I, I was. I was actually thinking of that. 
you're in your car and you pull up in your driveway and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. It's like you have this routine that you have been in. Right. And so take it from there, yeah. Well, I mean, you're essentially in that moment, you are in uh, an emotional, spiritual, mental blackout. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're in a blackout state. I mean, I have been caught up in limiting beliefs for days before I woke up and realized, oh, wait a minute. I feel like crap right now right? because I am living in this old story, right? Yeah. This old set of beliefs and limitations and hurtful childhood messages. I yes. am just living in the middle of them without having any awareness of it. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes it, hopefully what happens as you grow, right, is that you're able to catch those trances that you fall into yeah. sooner and sooner. The reality is so much of what we do is by default, right? Oh, yeah. Triggers. I'm eating something before I even realize it because I'm stressed. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm, it's not even a conscious decision. I'm just right. moving that direction. It's reflexive material. 100%. You know, we're, yeah. just, we're just living reflexively. So now we're moving into this awaken stage, right? We've, we've seen it. We've owned it. Now, I think um, all those, for those first two steps are all about focusing on the old story in the past. And now we're moving into the present. Yeah. Right? Now, again, our old stories have this trance-like quality, as I mentioned. And once we've begun to see them and then own them, then we can start waking up to how certain situations and, st- and, and stresses can trigger us to fall back into the old narrative. Yeah, so let's talk about how we do this. Okay. Well, one way is you've got to cultivate um, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, and by the way, you've heard me say this before. It's, it's a critical piece in the in Enneagram work. If you want to experience transformation, you've got to wake up. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got to become more mindful. Without mindfulness, you can't self-observe. Right. And you can't see how your, what your behaviors are doing in real time. Mm-hmm. So mindfulness involves just simply paying attention to what's happening in the present moment. And as we catch ourselves in the act of falling into the old story. Mm-hmm. So the Enneagram teaches that when we can stand back and catch ourselves in the act, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we do it, the grip of our passion begins to dissolve and then we begin to experience new freedom Mm. you know what i'm saying yeah so we've said this before you know i mean a lot of what the story of you talks about is how do i move from the constraints the prison of my passion into the freedom of my my virtue Mm -hmm. and so you know if you're a one to move from anger to serenity for a two to move from you know pride to humility Three, you know, we could go through all of them, but right. each type knows its own passion and virtue, right? Sure. Yeah. And so to realize in a moment, oh my gosh, I am in the grip of my mm. passion right now. Yeah. Now, how do I begin then to uh, awaken to it? Yes. And move toward my virtue. That's what I want to get into. Let's talk about some, I mean, I would love to get into some of your favorite mindfulness practices mm. and maybe we just go from there. Right. So, cause it's a new thing for a lot of people that are listening. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, we've spoken about mindfulness as a daily meditation practice, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how do we, um, develop this interior witness that can stand back and self-observe. And one of the ways we do it is through a regular daily mindfulness practice. And mm-hmm. so I have a cushion and I sit down on it in the mornings Uh, I always encourage people to start at five minutes, work their way up to 20 or 25 minutes, which may sound impossible at the beginning, but it's not impossible. Right. Um, And I sit, I uh, pay attention, I bring my attention completely to my breathing, my inhale, my exhale. 
I focus all of my attention on it. And then when my attention begins to wander off into the stories that my mind tells, you know, yeah. like, like, gee, I wonder what's happening in Ukraine right now. I right. mean, you know, that, those kinds of stories, it kind of wanders off. Or, geez, I have to go to the grocery store today. And, by the way, what often happens in meditation is you do begin to see and experience feelings and thoughts come up that are really worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old resentments that come up. Right. Uh, feelings of sadness. Uh, feelings of joy. You know what I mean? And you just pay attention. Ah, there it is. But we always want to keep bringing our attention back to the breath. Some people use a, dare I say, a mantra, or they may use a prayer word, however you want to say it. Sure. Some people may use, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? Mm -hmm. The classic Jesus prayer. So on the inhale, they may go, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. On the exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so, we bring our attention. We focus the attention. So mindfulness is attention training. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Now, you may think to yourself, gosh, this sounds like whatever. It, most people have a very flaccid attentional muscle. It's yes. like just flabby. Yeah. And we have to train the mind the way that we train the body to get in, get in, you know, uh, get in shape. Mm-hmm. Now, because I've had a, a longstanding mindfulness meditation practice what i want to say is there's two incredible benefits one is i am far more aware from moment to moment of what's happening in my internal world Mm -hmm. i can see as a four on the enneagram when envy has begun Mm. to take the wheel so let me give you an example of this last week and this is a i don't know this is such an obvious one right but i'm driving down the street and i'm driving down tyne boulevard which as you know is a beautiful neighborhood over here Mm. And there are all these huge houses. And here's how my first my mind starts to work. Golly, where'd all these rich people come from? There are so many rich people. Then my mind goes, why am I not a rich person? <laughs> and then I'm looking at their houses and I'm thinking, gosh, I'd, I'd like to have that house. Now my brain is thinking, man, if I had that house, people would really think I was awesome. Mm. And then my mind said, gee, you know, if I, if I had that house, then I'd really be happy. Mm. And then, you know what I mean? I go, yeah. And then I'm driving by someone else's house like, wow, look at that car. Man, if I had the, you know what I'm saying? Now, you can say that's jealousy, but actually it's envy. It's envy, yeah. Right? And this is something that we have to be conscious of and we do every day. You've done a lot of work. Still, you were dealing with an old story there. Oh, my gosh. So, so check this out. Yeah. Envy, right, is the passion of the four. Right. And what I was doing there as a four would is I'm focusing on what's missing in my life. Yeah. Right? I, I'm focusing on if only, if only I had that, I'd be happy. If only I was like that person, but I'm not worthy of those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just the story starts unpacking. Yeah. Right? And I can feel that in my chest when it starts to happen. And because I have a mindfulness practice, the flag goes up quickly. Mm-hmm. I can spot it. Yeah. I can see the old story launching, right? Yeah. And I'm like, or here's another example. I may, you know, you know, my parents were very, very, my father was very successful when I was younger, then lost all of his income be- and our right. money because, you know, he drank himself to death. I would think to myself, maybe in that moment, it's like, gosh, what if my father had just been okay? Mm. We would have enjoyed all the fruits of, you know, living the, uh, the high life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm back in the old story. I'm stuck in the past. I'm thinking about the old sadnesses, the old grief, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I can spot it now. Yeah. And I can say to myself, do you want to stay in this old story? Like, yeah. wake up. Yeah. Like, 
this story helped you as a little kid, but it's making your life miserable right in this moment. Yeah. So how about we and break you can out, move of out of it? Yeah. So I move from equi- I move from envy to my virtue, which is equanimity. Yeah. And I'm like, I can restore myself to to balance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a great Buddhist, you know, uh, ex- statement, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get it wrong, but something like this: um, pleasure and pain, gain and loss, uh, pleasure and sorrow, um, to be happy. Rest like a giant tree in the midst of them all. Isn't that good? That's beautiful. And that's equanimity. It's yeah. the ability to stand in the clearing. Yeah. And as life swirls around you, yeah. just to be a giant tree that rests in the midst of all these feelings and experiences. That's, oh, that's, I love that. That's the benefit of mindfulness. That's you know, another way uh, you say that is we are the mountain, not the weather yeah. system, the weather yeah. pattern. So it's like sometimes we think we are the weather, right? It's oh, like my gosh. My, I am my feelings and, you know, whatever's happening in the moment. No, you're the mountain. And that's what mindfulness allows you to do. It allows you to get objective in those situations right. and not over-identify with like, the four, with what we're feeling, with, and every number has something there. Right, too. and the five maybe gets lost in thought. Yeah. Right. And um, the one may get lost in, in anger and resentment, right? It's just it comes up. Yeah. But in, when you have a mindfulness practice, right, mm-hmm. you, then you have the ability to spot it mm-hmm. and say, I don't want to be owned by that old story anymore. And I don't want to be owned by the thoughts and the feelings and the behaviors that come if I stay stuck in it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to become that person anymore. Yeah. And you don't have to. You just wake up. I love that. One of the things that mindfulness has happened that has helped me with one of the things that mindfulness has helped me with is sometimes someone will do something or not do something, and I'll attach a story to mm-hmm. them, right? Right. And I, I catch, I caught myself yesterday. I'm like, nope. It's like I'm, act, I'm acting as if I know what the story is, and I don't know what the story yeah. is. And so I'm not going to spend <laughs> energy. I'm not going to invest my yeah. energy in something that I have no idea. What is true or untrue? So my 12-step sponsor has this great thing he has said to me before. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll uh, talk to him about some, something someone said to me, you know, or some <laughs> incident, you know, and he'll go, Ian, you need to give up the old idea that you know what just happened. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that good? Yeah. You know, it's like, Say that you, again. Say that again. Ian, you need to give up the old idea that you know what just happened. I love that guy, man. Right? He's he is, got a million of them. Oh, man. He has something for everything, man. And wow. he just... Has really helped me, like you know. So when somebody says something to me and it pisses me off and I get resentful, and he says, you know, well, you just need to give up the old idea that you know what just happened because that person may have just gotten a flat tire or yeah. they may have gotten a miserable call from their mother, and you think it's all about you. One hundred percent. You take it personally. Yeah. Did you read the Four Agreements? Yeah. All right, so it's you been know, a while, but yeah, yeah. So you know that one of the big things that they say is, you know, don't take anything personally. One hundred percent. Just don't take things personally. And yeah. you know what? That's what we call emotional sobriety. Ooh, that's good. Just don't take things personally. Yeah. You know, when we start to take things personally, man, resentments come up and anger yeah. comes up. It's like, man, you know what? That, that's, you know, more about somebody else's perception of the world, not mine. And that's right. Just let it go and let it roll off my back. And that's, Ooh, that's good. That, that's part of this awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be free of yeah. these constraints. You know, and to be able to experience a, a different way of being in the world that just, you know, you know what it feels like? Hmm. Comfortable in your own skin. Ooh, I like that. 
And how many of us actually could say that we feel comfortable in our own skin? Right, yeah. Not very many people. You can. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of work, like yeah. the kind of work we're talking about, this yeah. awakening. Okay, so we'll pull this one to a close. And as we do, let's uh, talk about what each type needs to awaken to as we wrap this up. Right, well, on one level, you know, we've done the C step. We've mm-hmm. done the own step. Mm-hmm. We're now so familiar with our story. Yeah. We're so familiar how it came to be. We've owned what the cost has been of living in it, right? Mm-hmm. What the cost will be if we continue to live in it, right? right? And then, you know, the book really focuses a lot on how do I move from passion to virtue? Now, we've spoken about how the passion is really at the core of what makes us miserable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it continues to fuel these habitual patterns of thinking, acting, and feeling unique to each type that don't work for us anymore, right? right. Uh-huh. So let's talk about ones, for example, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the passion is anger or resentment. And so when we awaken to that, when we feel that passion taking hold, right, or when someone points it out, mm. you know, yeah. then we can make this conscious, uh, wakeful decision I'm moving towards serenity. I'm going to let go. I'm just going to let go. Yeah. Now, you know what's interesting about letting go? It rarely looks like a good idea when it's first presented. (laughs) (laughs) True. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just letting go. Yeah. Just let go. Man, do you know how good your life feels when you let go and and you fall into serenity? It's such a great, it's like this big exhalation, you know, like I let go. I just, I, I'm, I'm giving up here, right? Mm-hmm. Not resigning. I'm just, I'm giving it over. I'm giving it over. Oh, my gosh. But so the one has to let go mm. of control. They have to let go of anger and resentment, of control, of mm-hmm. conduct, you know, being, that's the passion. Mm-hmm. And move into that place of serenity. Now, mm-hmm. the two has to realize, wake up to those times when they are being prideful. Mm. When they are compulsively getting involved in other people's lives and helping and meeting the needs and mm-hmm. doing this and doing that and running around manically. And, and like, like I was with a two the other day mm-hmm. and uh, they, were, they were just, uh, you know, talking about how they uh, were. This was a speaker at a 12-step meeting. And she said, I just for about five years, I was making cookies for everything. <laughs> she said, I was. And she said, and, and then she said, one day I woke up and she says, I hate making effing cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean she's like i i'm just done i never like and because you know why someone else pointed it out to her they were wow. like what's your motive wow what's your motive if you hate doing this yeah because they were bitching to this person yeah if that's what what's your motive and she, she oh just realized gosh. i just want them to love me oh my god wake up yeah right michael cusick openly talks about this when he, you know, is kind of lonely or needs someone to meet yeah. his need. What he'll do is get on the phone and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, I just wanted to check in on you, just thinking about you. And you've called him out on that. Oh yeah, before. totally. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, "You're kind of feeling needy today, aren't you, Michael?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you're what you're looking for. You're fishing. Yeah. What you want me to do right now is say, "Man, I love you. Thank you so much for calling yeah. to check in on me. That yeah. means a lot to me." Right. Yeah. So he's there's a motive problem there. Yeah. And we all have these. I just oh, think yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a. Easy one on the twos. So. so threes, you know, moving from d- the passion of deceit uh, into the place of authentic selfhood. Uh-huh. So you know, a two, a three just mm. needs to catch themselves in the act, awaken. Yeah. Like when am I? When am I? When am I out there spinning my story? When am I out there self-promoting? When am yeah. I out? You know what I mean? Yeah. When am I out there chasing the? 
the symbols of success to win the mm. admiration of you, you know where yeah. I'm going fours we already mentioned from envy to equanimity fives yeah. have to move um, from the the passion of avarice into the the virtue really of you know for lack of a better word generosity would be mm. one word you know to move into this space of uh, an abundance mindset yeah. versus a scarcity mindset yeah Right, and we could also say it's you know into a space of non-attachment. Right, mm. um, then six is to move from the passion of fear into the virtue of faith. Mm. Now you know six is, you know I love sixes, especially the the phobic six because they know they're fearful. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean they just know they're fearful. <laughs> yeah, right. And they can awaken to it because, you know, the thing about fear is you can really feel it in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very clear signal yeah. in the body. Yeah. The clench, mm-hmm. um, the, um, the shallow breathing, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff, fixating on what could go wrong. And, and then moving into this space of faith, you mm-hmm. know, that God has my back. It's all right. We're mm-hmm. in good hands. I'm in good hands. Yeah. I'm in good hands. Good. You know? Sevens. Uh, sevens. Yeah, they've got to move from gluttony. To sobriety. Mm. When a seven finds themselves running around chasing one more experience, one more idea, one more whatever, mm-hmm. when they're spending too much time in the future, and they can just catch themselves and say, ah, wake up. Mm. I got to awaken. Yeah. And I've got to get back into this present moment. Okay, so for eights, right? They need to catch when they're falling into lust. They need to awaken to that moment. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. lust meaning this powerful drive for instantaneous engagement with the environment and others. Mm-hmm. When this lust for life just takes over and it becomes bigger than life, and 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 to move into and it's defended, right? Because what it's mm-hmm. all about is how do I mask vulnerability and weakness? And of course, the way to do that is by asserting strength and control over the environment and other people. Right. And when you can pick up on that and say, you know what, I need to go to a place of innocence, meaning I need to go to a place where I can trust that I don't have to be in control. I don't have to have all the power in the room. Yeah. I can let go of all that and, and sort of reclaim the innocence of a small child mm-hmm. who trusts, yeah. who trusts Enough that they can be vulnerable yeah. and open and tender-hearted. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so nines, you know, when they start to fall asleep and sloth, and they realize I'm not asserting my voice, I, I'm just not. I'm merging with everybody else's agenda. Then they wake up and they start to say, "I, I, I really need to uh, develop this virtue um, of right action." Mm to take action, to stand up for myself, to invest in myself, whatever the case may be. So this is the awakening from passion to virtue, passion to virtue, to be able to spot it. Mindfulness is a big piece of it. We've already mentioned that. So there are tools for us to do that. I'm glad you went through that, the the passion to virtue, though, because, I mean, a lot of people probably know what it is for their particular type, but to name it does help you to awaken to it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. need to be conscious, you know, of moving to my virtue on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, by the way, can I just also give you maybe uh, Enneagram graduate school, school level stuff? Lay it on me, man. I don't know about you, but I suffer from all nine of those passions. Right, right. I mean, we always say, you know, you contain all nine types. Well, yes. guess what? You contain all nine passions. That's right. I can be resentful. I can be uh, angry. You know, yeah. anger guides my life. Or I can lack humility. Like yeah. the two, I can lack 
you know, um, innocence like the eight. It just, you know what I mean? As you really start to work the Enneagram, you'll start to spot it when mm. all of those things start to launch. Wow, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you may that. have a dominant one. That doesn't mean the others sure. aren't present. That's so right. I have to deal with all of the passions. Yes. That's a great note to end on. Just want to remind everyone we're moving through a four-part series. We did C two weeks ago, Own last week, and this is Awaken, of course. And next week we'll be addressing the rewrite step, which is super exciting. So make sure you tune back in with us. Ian, why don't you sign us off? Sure, man. Hey, everybody. May you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. May you have rest. Until next time. Mm -hmm.